Make sure you're subscribed to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. Type The Word of the Lord Endures Forever in your podcast provider. Hit that subscribe button and leave us a five-star review. This will make it easier for other podcast listeners to find The Word of the Lord Endures Forever. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is brought to you in part by the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. LHF is a recognized service organization of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod dedicated to translating and publishing the books of our Lutheran faith into more than 100 languages for our Christian brothers and sisters around the world. Learn how you can take part in their work at lhfmissions.org. Welcome to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Wheaton. This special vision from Christ lets him know not to give in to premature fear that would lead him to leave. Jesus tells him, in effect, I got a lot of peeps right here in this place. You just keep on speaking the word and don't let anyone shut you up. You're not going to be harmed. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a daily verse-by-verse Bible study with the church, past and present. Pastor Whedon is leading us in a study of the book of Acts. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Greetings, people loved by God. So I recall that last time we reflected a bit on the way St. Paul described his coming to the Corinthians and his resolve to know nothing among them save Jesus Christ and him crucified, so that their faith would not be resting on the wisdom of men, the route he tried in Athens, but instead solely on the power of God. He finds some believing Jews who had been expelled from Rome under Claudius, Aquila, and Priscilla, tent makers as he was, and he stayed with them. And meanwhile, he worked in the synagogue, trying to persuade any who would listen about Jesus being the Christ. Silas and Timothy finally catch up with him here in Corinth, where he is busy with teaching the word, showing from the Old Testament scriptures that the Christ, the Messiah, really is Jesus. Many in the synagogue, though, apparently had heard enough about this Jesus. And so Paul shakes out his garment against them, declaring himself innocent of their blood and resolving to turn to the Gentiles. This he does right next door to the synagogue at the house of one fellow named Titius Justus, a worshiper of God. A reading from Acts, the 18th chapter, beginning at the 8th verse. Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord together with his entire household. And many of the Corinthians, hearing Paul, believed and were baptized. And the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, Do not be afraid, but go on speaking, and do not be silent, for I am with you, and no one will attack you to harm you, for I have many in this city who are my people. And he stayed a year and six months, teaching the word of God to them. But when Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews made a united attack on Paul, And brought him before the tribunal, saying, This man is persuading people to worship God contrary to the law. But when Paul was about to open his mouth, Gallio said to the Jews, If it were a matter of wrongdoing or vicious crime, O Jews, I would have reason to accept your complaint. But since it is a matter of questions about words and names and your own law, see to it yourselves. I refuse to be judge of these things." And he drove them from the tribunal. And they all seized Sosthenes, the ruler of the synagogue, and beat him in front of the tribunal. But Gallio paid no attention to any of this. Acts 18, 
verses 8 through 17. Let us pray. Blessed Lord, since you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and comfort from your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Ready to work together on today's passage? Let's dig into it. Verse 8. Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord together with his entire household, and many of the Corinthians, hearing Paul, believed and were baptized. Crispus, a leader of the synagogue, happily followed Paul over to Titius Justice's place and continued to learn from the apostle. And not he alone, but his entire household, which, remember, in those days would have included not just wife and children and possibly grandchildren, but also domestics. St. Paul will write to the Corinthians after his time there comes to an end, I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one may say that you were baptized in my name. I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I do not know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. So we know that Crispus was one of those early ones whom Paul himself baptized into Christ. And when Paul says that Christ didn't send him to baptize, he's not denigrating baptism, but teaching us that baptism ordinarily is exercised in the local community, and especially by her pastors. Paul, as an apostle, wasn't sent to stay in any one place, but to move around. So the baptism and ongoing nurture in Christ wasn't his proper sphere of calling, though he certainly did baptize when he was first planting a church. That's the case here. Verse 9. And the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, Do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent. Verse 10. For I am with you, and no one will attack you to harm you. For I have many in this city who are my people. With his life being constantly hounded, Paul had certainly gotten used to preaching the good news for a short time in a place and then being driven out to go on to the next place. This special vision from Christ lets him know not to give in to premature fear that would lead him to leave. Jesus tells him, in effect, I got a lot of peeps right here in this place. You just keep on speaking the word and don't let anyone shut you up. You're not going to be harmed. Verse 11, And he stayed a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. That is an inordinately long time for Paul to stay in one spot. I think his natural restlessness to reach other areas with the gospel might well have sent him on his way had he not had a specific word from Jesus that bid him stay put for a while and labor on in the word in that place. Jesus was clear. There's a lot of work for you to do here, my apostle. There's a fruitful field to sow with the word. Verse 12. But when Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews made a united attack on Paul and brought him before the tribunal, verse 13, saying, This man is persuading people to worship God contrary to the law. This gives us a specific date. We know from an inscription that was found at Delphi in Greece that Gallio served in the office of proconsul of Achaia 
from A.D. 51 to 52. This Gallio, by the way, was brother to the famous writer Seneca, who served as Emperor Nero's tutor. Paul's hanging around Corinth and successfully winning more and more Jews and Greeks to the Christian faith finally erupted, though, in another mob action. The unbelieving Jews make common cause and attack Paul and haul him off to the Roman official, but they misstep when they state their accusation against him. They forget to mention another king besides Caesar or anything like that. They just insist this man is persuading people to worship God contrary to the law. That charge is interesting all by itself, isn't it? From the get-go, Christianity was perceived as a change in worship, a transcending that worship prescribed in the law of Moses. This probably had primary reference to Paul telling the Gentiles that they didn't need to be circumcised or to bother with the kosher laws. Verse 14, But when Paul was about to open his mouth, Gallio said to the Jews, If it were a matter of wrongdoing or vicious crime, O Jews, I would have reason to accept your complaint. So before the persecuted Paul can even answer his charge, Gallio clearly indicates he's got zero reason to consider their case. Are they charging Paul with civil wrongdoing, with some vicious crime? If so, he'd consider giving them a hearing. But it's manifest from the charge they lay against the apostle that this is not the case. It's about worship of God according to the law of the Jews. Hence, verse 15, But since it is a matter of questions about words and names in your own law, see to it yourselves. I refuse to be judge of these things. Words and names. That suggests, I believe, that Gallio must have been quite familiar with the same fact Suetonius had written about, the Jews squabbling over this name. Christos, that is, Christ, which is what led Claudius, remember, to drive them out of Rome in the first place. Gallio clearly did not regard himself as either competent to decide religious matters for them or ever charged with doing so. He regarded himself as having zero jurisdiction here. And so he declines to sit in judgment on the case. Case dismissed is how we'd write it today. Verse 16. And he drove them from the tribunal. That is, he probably had his soldiers escort them away, maybe with force if they were still protesting and demanding that he do something. But if they can't get vengeance against Paul, they turn on another Jewish believer who was there and among them. Verse 17. And they all seized Sosthenes, the ruler of the synagogue, and beat him in front of the tribunal. But Gallio paid no attention to any of this. They who? Either the Greeks, showing their hatred for the Jews and particularly for wasting the proconsul's time with a useless case, or perhaps the Jews themselves, letting loose against one of their own who had become a believer, or maybe both. Sosthenes, you will recall, is named by Paul as a co-author of his first letter to the Corinthians. See 1 Corinthians 1 verse 1. Because both Sosthenes and Crispus are named as the ruler of the synagogue, St. John Chrysostom in the 4th century wrote, This same Crispus I take to be called Sosthenes, evidently a believer, insomuch that he is beaten and is always present with Paul. Though the beating is taking place right outside the tribunal, Gallio studiously ignores the whole event, 
His message is again clear. Whatever your squabble is, it is of zero concern to a Roman official. Would that Festus and Felix had been so circumspect later on? That's where we're going to halt for today. Next up, we'll learn that even after this attempted persecution, Paul stays put for a great while longer, but that he finally decides to sail back to Syria, taking with him Priscilla and Aquila. He stops at Cancrea, the port of Corinth, and shaves his head, a quite incidental bit of evidence that he was still practicing a pious Jewish life. He stops at Ephesus briefly and witnesses to the Jews there, who invite him to stay longer, but he promises to return if God will. He stops briefly at Caesarea, goes up to Jerusalem, and finally heads back to Antioch. There he spends some time before the itch to move is on him again, and he swings back through Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening the disciples. He was watching over his newfound churches like a mother hen. He always wanted to check on their progress in the faith and to strengthen them in the grace of God as long as God had him here in this world. Till next time, people loved by God, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Word of the Lord Endures Forever with Pastor Will Whedon. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a listener-supported program. You can donate by check, make your check payable to The Word Endures, and send it to Box 616, Collinsville, Illinois, 62234. You can also make a secure online contribution at thewordendures.org. The Word of the Lord Endures Forever is a production of LPR, Lutheran Public Radio. Thank you.